The Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about since the last time we were with you. It is the Movie Zone. I'm Austin Horton and here with my good friend and newly appointed man of the universe, Johnny Lightfoot. I like that. What is your official title now? Promotions manager for the zone. There you go. Making the big dollars. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and co-host with you. <laughs> That's right. It's official, man. <laughs> it's on his business card. <laughs> uh, I don't have business cards, uh, but he does. It's weird. I don't know. I, and you do you, though. I don't know. I don't have them yet. Yeah, Maybe no. they're coming. They're in the mail. That was supposed to be the, the, the joke here. Was, oh, I yeah. see. I, I, it went right up. <laughs> Whizzing on by like an F-35 above Love the it. house. Love it. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, though. The world has changed. Boy, has it ever. Week. Yeah. And mostly for, uh, uh, in a good way, mostly. There's been some bad changes as well, but there mostly has. good changes. But mostly good. And I'm assuming we're talking about the protests? Oh, I was talking about uh, the MLS coming to an agreement on a new collective. Oh, man, we were going like the opposite direction there. <laughs> of course, we're talking about racial injustice in this country and its need to change. Look, I, I'm, I think the protests are important. The only one I have a serious problem with was the first one and all the damage and destruction and graffiti. and In Minneapolis? Here, in Salt Lake. Oh, here, okay. Right here in our, our city. Uh, that was unfortunate because... Look, I, I often think that Antifa is an easy scapegoat for leaders to throw out and say, oh, that wasn't our people, that was uh, Antifa. Right. I think there's truth to it, though, just not completely. No. And I think there were protesters there whose important, legal, peaceful message was silenced because of a few bad eggs. I agree. That were or were not Antifa or whatever, uh, causing violence and destruction and the important messages was not heard in that first protest. But since then, we've seen peaceful protests. Yes, we have. We've seen curfews lifted. We have seen the uh, officers in Minneapolis all charged and arrested with murder. Yep. Uh, Second-degree murder for the uh, for Chauvin and aiding and abetting second-degree murder for the other three. And so I, I feel like, and I say this on my podcast uh, all the time, whenever stuff goes down, you can attach the word stuff to anything, whether it be good or bad. Whenever stuff happens, it's important to learn from that and progress so that it doesn't happen again or that it can happen again if it's a good thing. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I hope that this year, 2020, while there's a lot of negative stuff going on with the pandemic, I hope we learn from that and protect ourselves better going forward. And I hope that this racial injustice and inequality in our country is eradicated in the year 2020. And we can look back on the year of 2020 and say, that was a tough year, but it was the best year for our growth. Wouldn't that be amazing if this was the year that that finally made the change? Yes. With the, with the horrible year we've had so far. And we're six months in. And yeah, now right? uh, hurricane season is... Uh, right, and hurricane season's coming. Especially here in Utah, it's going to be horrible. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but let's be honest. I mean, if, if, if that could be eradicated and be gone... Right, that could be just set set aside and no more of that. What a shining star this year would turn out to be. Yeah, with everything that's gone wrong, everything. I mean, there's a lot this year. Yep, that would just make it all worth it. So uh, we're all we're all going through it. We're all feeling it in different ways. And something I've learned in the last few days, Johnny, is 
Everybody's experience is different, even though we're all around each other. How I see and experience the world is completely different than you. Of course. And, and we're both of the same race. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine what it's like for our black brothers and sisters, but I, I don't want to be someone who leads on this. I want to be someone who follows and listens, if that makes sense. Yeah, and this it's a tough world with the, in that thing. It's always, and, and I don't mean this weird or anything, but stepping on eggshells sometimes because you never know who you may offend sure. or who you may not offend. So you do need to be careful, and I'm, I'm kind of with you there. I think sometimes the leaders in this get a bad rap even though they're doing the right thing, they can still get that bad rap. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? You're looking at me like, what are you talking about, well, man? Well, yeah, and we don't need to get too political in defining no. what leaders you're no. talking about. No. Because I think we agree on one leader is not doing it the right way, but Amen. The, the leaders in our local government right. need to listen to those who know what right. this experience is like. That's what I'm talking and about. And I think we're seeing that with these meetings and committees that we are having with the MLK Commission with the governor. I think the fact that both sides are talking, and, and when I say talking, not yelling, talking, mm -hmm. I think that's a positive no matter how we spin that. And that's what it needs to happen. And, and I like how you said that, walking on eggshells, because none of us want to say the wrong thing, and we all want to have... I think, I think like, like, for example, Drew Brees said something really tone-deaf. Mm. Really, uh, uh, really inappropriate for this moment, for him to say it in the way he said it. But I think that he's not. I don't think he's a racist. No. But it comes across as white privilege sure. because he's talking from his experience as a white person, right? Instead of listening to his teammates, friends, neighbors who are black and what their experience is like, he's right. talking instead of listening. And I don't want to be that. I want no. to listen. And that's what I was referring to. Yeah. You know, the, the people who do a lot of talking can absolutely end up like what's happened to Drew Brees. Yeah. Now, I'm with you there. We can't – I couldn't tell you what it's like to be in their shoes. Until I strap them on and live their life, I would have no clue. So, yeah, man, it's – that's what I mean by walking on eggshells. It's tough. It's tough. But I do see – hopefully I see a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So uh, w the reason we start the show in that uh, vein today is because our movie poll question of the week is what are the most important movies you've ever watched? And you can take mm. important in whatever direction you'd like, but get on Twitter. I'm at Austin Horton. Johnny is at Johnny Lightfoot. That's J-O-N-N-I Lightfoot. Thank you. Uh, and uh, let us know your most important movies you've ever seen. We'll get to your responses and give ours as well in the second segment today. But before we get there, it's time for the results of the Sunday night DVD collection. Oh, here we go. Now, last time we checked in, it was getting a little closer to uh, you losing your, uh, what would you call it, winning streak? Well, yeah, I'm undefeated. Uh -huh. So what I do is I, I pick a movie out of my DVD collection at home that I've acquired over many decades. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I tweet out, is this video, is this movie good or bad? And let people decide. Okay. And I'm undefeated. There are, they've all been good to this point. Now, see, I, I want to pull up a little interesting point here. Okay. They're your movies, right? Sure. So you know which ones you like, and you're putting it out there if people don't like them or don't like them, right? Sure, yeah. So could They'll you- not change my mind. I of course it. not. Of you course own I it. like it. So could it be, well, I'm picking the safe bet? I have never repeated. Okay. And like you mentioned, the last two or three weeks, it's been in the 50%, uh -huh. almost 50-50, okay. with good edging out bad. So what if you went in blindfolded and just grabbed whatever DVD it was? 
bedroom. You know what? I'm going to do that this week. I think that's a good idea. That's a great idea. Because, you know, if you have seen a bunch of movies, you might pick one. I know this one did a little bit I better. I might I'm gonna... get one of them be like, oh, uh-huh. I don't want to lose my way. Okay. Right. I'll I see what's going on. Okay. Blindfolded well, it is. You know what? Even better. I'll let my two-year-old pick. Wow. She'll just pick one out and okay. see what she grabs. So Dora the Explorer it is. We don't want that <laughs> on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I love but, it. Uh, on Sunday, we I tweeted out, uh, 2006 is over the hedge. Voice talents of Gary Shandling. May he rest in peace. I was believe. this about the hog hedge? The hedgehog? Hog hedge. <laughs> Nick Nolte and Wanda Sykes, uh, as well as Steve Carell. Uh, yeah, it's about the... Hog uh, hedge. It's a raccoon. Whatever. Uh, hog hedge, and, raccoon. And squirrels and turtles, and they're trying to fight against the exterminator while also trying to get all the food that they owe to the bear that's storing up for hibernation. Wow, okay. It's hilarious. It sounds like the bear could be a little bit of a gangsta. He is. Yeah. Well, 169 people voted. Okay. Good, 63%. Wow. To bad, 37%. Wow, the the needle went a little more towards the uh, positive on that. Yep. So, uh, good, says the majority of those that voted. And have you not seen it, I take it? I have not seen it. I know the movie because I thought it was a hedgehog. But clearly wrong. Well, we need to uh, we need to fix this. We need to get this rat- uh, rectified, I should say. I like it. So especially because you you gotta see Manny the the squirrel, played by Steve Carell. I would like that. He's he's ADD. Of course. So he's just all over the place all the time, like a squirrel. Squirrel. Is. squirrel? And then at the end squirrel. of squirrel. Yes. <laughs> at the end of the movie, he takes an energy drink. Oh no. And what happens, I don't want to spoil it for you, but you see the world from his perspective for the first time in the movie. And wow. It's phenomenal. Okay. It's now, see, that's cool. I yeah. like that. Yep. It's great. All right. So there you go. That's the Sunday night DVD collection movie results. Next week, blindfolded. No, you know, we eat your two-year-old. Two, we'll let, we'll let the, the two-year-old. How about man. we blindfold the two-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get to some news and rumors, uh, Johnny. Okay. You saw the SpaceX launch, right? I did. How cool was that? I thought it was amazing, man. And I love the fact that the rocket went up and then came back down and landed. I didn't see that. You didn't see that? Uh-uh. So the rocket it has- didn't fall into the sea? No. So it was on the sea, okay. right? But it was on a floating like boat and it GPSed itself back down and landed upright on the, the platform That's in the ocean. Ridiculously cool. So it has like these little panels that move up and down and it helps guide it in. Wow. So it's- so. It's reusable. I'll have to I'll have to look up that video. Talk about Elon Musk and geniuses, man. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a con man, but a genius. Whatever you want to call it, it's still a genius. Uh, but it's it's always fun to see a space launch. It's always exciting. I was a little nervous as the prototype blew up. Yeah. On Thursday. Yeah. Uh, these guys, Bob and Doug. By the way, strange brews. Why is every astronaut always so socially awkward? <laughs> Is it because they're in isolation for so long? But it's been fun to see their little video diaries uh, up there on the way to the space station and now that they're in the space station. I can't help but think of Strange Brews, though. <laughs> Strange Brews. Yeah, Bob and Doug. Bob McKenzie. and Doug, yep. Uh, but costume designer Jose Fernandez, yes. who has worked on a number of films, including some in the Marvel Universe and DC Universe, was responsible for creating the spacesuits for the recent SpaceX launch. Uh, the the suits that you saw Bob and Doug wearing as the thing took off were designed by a costume designer yeah. who worked on Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, and Men in Black. Also, Thor Ragnarok, 
Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, and others. Now, did he do any work? Does it say there? Did he do any work on Endgame, Avengers Endgame? It doesn't mention Endgame. Because I noticed, I noticed that the suits that Bob and Doug wore look very much like the suits that the Avengers wore in Endgame when they were, you know, going into the. Uh, what, would you, what was that world called? The Quantum Realm. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Let's see. Jose Fernandez Endgame. Uh, looks like he may have helped on some of the original drawings. Okay. But wasn't wasn't exactly. Well, they on, look on very similar. If you if you've seen Endgame and you've seen those suits that they wore to go in the Quantum Realm, and you look at Bob and Doug's spacesuits, they're very similar. And I oh, think I it's cool. Yeah. I think yeah. it's really cool, actually. Uh, I just I hope that he designed them and didn't make them. Sure. Because I would rather have my spacesuit made by a NASA engineer than a Hollywood costume designer. Right. Costume designers probably don't work in space. Not sure they would. And who am I? Maybe Jose Fernandez has a background in astrophysics. He could. He could. But I think they're cool, man. I thought they looked great. They were nice and thin looking and like the big monster astronaut suits That's we saw. That's mentioned here, yeah. It's yeah. Not, you don't look like uh, you're going down to a 1920 deep sea dive. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Looks you're like exactly you can right. actually move around in these. I like it. Yeah. I'm all about it. Uh, you a fan of Hocus Pocus? The witches movie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I actually Jessica am. Parker, ben yes. Midler, yes. Uh, and the often forgotten Kathy, Kath, Kathy Najimy. Who? The third witch. Who? Uh, well, there's long been rumors of a sequel. And last year we had a, a faux sequel that kind of came out. It wasn't. It was the same movie, but with some of the original members of the cast providing commentary. Oh, that's not silly. Fun. Well, fret no longer. Now, this is, by the way, speaking of DVD collections. Okay. My wife owns probably three of these. The same because, movie. Because every year we forget we own it. And we buy, <laughs> you buy it another one. For Halloween. Yeah. And so we have three different copies of Mental it. Mental note there, Austin. Mental yes. note. Well, uh, Disney Channel movie was talked about in 2014. Obviously, that came and went. In October 19, it was revealed that a sequel was moving forward on a new streaming service, which we now know as Disney+. Plus. That's right. Uh, and uh, it looks like Sarah Jessica Parker has said that the original cast is ready to partake in Hocus Pocus 2. Wow. Uh, a sequel has been in the works for years, as I mentioned, but it remains unclear who will be taking on the starring roles this time around. But she says she and Bette Midler and Kathy Najimy are ready and prepared and willing to be uh, the witches again uh, if they uh, wanted them to be. Out of work, need the paycheck. <laughs> that's not, that's <laughs> Is that horrible? Did when I the last say that movie Bette Midler was in? Isn't uh, she doing like The View now or something? I don't know. I don't know. No, there's a woman that kind of lo- resembles her, but I don't think it's Bette Midler. Oh, what's her name? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Behar. Sure. Uh, something Behar, yeah. So, Austin, are you, a, are you a fan of Westerns? Yeah, big time. You know, Westerns seem, I've said this for many years, there hasn't been a really good Western in a long time. I think the last Western I can really, really think of that I thoroughly enjoyed, other than like Magnificent Seven and stuff like that, is Cowboys versus Aliens. What? Come on. Okay, come on now. You didn't see 310 to Yuma? I did not. You didn't see True Grit? I did. You didn't like True Grit? Remake. Well, so is 310 to Yuma. Right. But, right. So so you're saying there hasn't been a good original? Let's go with that. Western, okay. What about Solo, a Star Wars movie? Well, that's a space Western. Cowboys and Aliens, sir? Hey. Hey, right. that's real life. Okay. <laughs> I know. It was filmed here. I, I'm sorry. Please. Continue. Okay, sorry. Well, there is a new Western coming out called Rust. Okay. And it's going to feature Alec Baldwin as the star. Now, that's interesting. Now, right. You see him a as old. a... Right. You see him as a cowboy? Is this going to be a comedy? Nope. Nope. 
So uh, Rust, Rust follows the infamous Western outlaw, Harland Rust, who has had a bounty on his head. This kind of sounds a little bit like a typical plot, right? When his estranged 13-year-old grandson is convicted of an accidental murder and is set to be hung. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Thanks so, for bringing this to our attention, Jeff. Right. Please. Russ travels to Kansas to break him out of prison. The two fugitives, so there's a spoiler. <laughs> the two fugitives must outrun the U.S. Marshals and a bounty hunter to tell their tale and find deeply buried secrets rise from the ashes and unexpected... Hey, quit it. <laughs> anyway, it sounds like a typical kind of Western movie to me. Sounds like the story might be better than the movie. I've heard, I've heard this type of story many times. Yeah. I'm an old cowboy. I've given that all up. But wait, something bad happened? Yeah, have you ever Unforgiven. Seen, uh, Unforgiven, yeah. You know? Well. I don't know. I'm, I am I'll craving. Still watch it. I'm craving a really good Western. Yeah. I really am. Alec Baldwin doesn't strike me as my choice. Alec Baldwin role, does not strike me as, a tro- as my choice either. that'll be a good thing. Who knows? We'll have to see. Did you like the movie Splash? I loved Splash. 1986? I yes, say. yes. Interesting, because we're going to talk about that same year. Are, yep, we, we are later on in the show. Daryl Hannah, Tom Hanks, John Candy, yeah. Eugene Levy. What a cast. Directed by Ron Howard. I know. And Brian Grazer. Well, uh, they had a bit of a cast reunion on Josh Gad's video podcast called uh, U- Reunited Apart. Okay. Where he brings, he's been doing several of these where he brings casts of movies together but from their own homes via zoom or sure whatever. sure and uh ron howard shared a really funny story about a time that uh ja- john candy was late for filming <laughs> i thought we'd play that for you let's do it john totally professional guy but he's late it's one day we have this racquetball court and he's late and john finally pulls up and he kind of rolls out of the car and he comes up and he says ron Ron, I just, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I said, well, it's okay. You're late, but we'll get going. He said, no, no, no. He said, look, I'm drunk. I'm <laughs> drunk. He said, here's what happened. I'm telling you the truth. I'm at the bar and Jack Nicholson's at the bar. John Candy. Jack Nicholson knew my name, Ron. Jack, you want to come over? And he starts buying me drinks. And then I said, I got to go shoot. And he said, you're going to be all right, kid. Don't worry about it. And he kept buying me drinks. I never went to bed, Ron. I never went to bed. <laughs> now, okay. John Candy, obviously a really funny actor. Yeah. Really talented actor. Love Sounds him. like he was just as funny in real life, though. I think he was, man. I just think that's who he was on screen is just who he was. He was just a goofball. He was huh? just goofy, man. He just had a lot of fun. I know that his kids have always said he was a terrific dad and uh, husband. And he was dedicated, a dedicated family man. But when you see him in the movies, he, he just got you. He just now, got me every time. If you were John Candy's son uh-huh. and you said, Dad, I want you to dress up as a character that he played, who would you choose? Oh, man. Just one? Just one. You got to pick one? Yeah. Recreate his role. Uh... Just for the pictures to share on social media, I'd say barf. Yes, baseballs, of course. So would I, man. I'm a mog. I'm my own best friend. <laughs> I'm a man dog. Oh, half brother. man, half dog. So there you go. A little uh, splash reunion. I, I like, like that it. movie. It's I on like Disney it Plus right now, although there's been some really bad CGI editing to keep it family friendly in some moments. They George lucas it? Uh, they added some hair that Daryl Hannah didn't have. Gotcha. In one scene. I'm, I'm with you. Things. I'm with you. <laughs> I, you know, my only complaint about the reunion is that no one showed up in a mermaid outfit. 
How do you know? Well, it's true. They could have, right? All we saw was their top half. Maybe right, they, they maybe, could. Hey. Maybe Daryl Hannah really is a mermaid. Have you seen her in anything lately? No. She's been out swimming with Ariel. <laughs> uh, and then speaking of Josh Gad, he was asked if Frozen 3 is ever going to happen. Ooh, I, of course it's going to happen. I don't think so. I do, man. Those movies make a billion dollars just by saying the name. Now, I think there will be a spinoff, like an Olaf-centric movie. Oh, of course there's going to be an Olaf movie. He says he's not okay with that. He's really? not real keen on that being the case. Until he sees the paycheck they're going to offer him and how many zeros are behind it. But he You want said, me to do what? Okay. He said he'd be, uh, he'd be uh, uh, willing, obviously, to partake if there is a third movie, though he does not think it will. Did you see Frozen 2? Yeah, we see it every day at our house. Okay. Do you like Constantly. it? Constantly. Okay, I should rephrase that. If you see it every day, did you like it the first time you saw it? I liked it. I Not thought, as good as the first. See, I agree. I think the first movie was better. Mm-hmm. I think the, the music was better the second time around. Yes, but I don't think it has as memorable song as uh, Let It Go. True. You know, I think that that really... Although Into the Unknown. Yeah, but I don't think... Is every kid going around singing and that? Lost in the Woods. Let it go, let it go. True. I mean, every kid's singing that yeah. still. They're yep. singing it right now in their car. <laughs> All right, you got anything else here? I got one more thing. So uh, Disney Plus, we were just speaking about that. Obviously, Marvel and Disney Plus have come together, and uh, they are putting out TV shows. WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki. Well, uh, WandaVision is going to reportedly start resume filming in July. Okay. So that's really good news for fans of Wanda and uh, Vision, hence WandaVision. (laughs) And uh, it looks like it's going to be scheduled for a December release. December 2020 cool. release. Now, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is still scheduled to be the first MCU Disney Plus show. And then uh, WandaVision is slated a few months later. So that would be December. So it looks like maybe October, maybe September, right around the corner for nice. the, for the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Great. Not too long to wait. Loving it. Uh, and finally this. Let's see if you can fill in the blank on this famous movie line, Johnny. Okay. Today, we celebrate our birthday. Independence Day. It was a birthday. <laughs> Have we spoken about Independence Day in the past? The movie? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think on air, but we've talked about it. And I actually knew where you were going with that. How can you, you not know that line? <laughs> That's why I said birthday. Well, did Hello? you know the original name of that movie was Doomsday? Ooh. But Much, when, a little darker feel to that. But Bill Pullman says that he had played a major role in making them change the name. And here's what he said. They really wanted... The, the makers of the movie wanted it to be Independence Day, but Fox wanted it to be Doomsday. Mm. So the makers of the movie got together with Bill Pullman and said, you've got to really sell this line in the speech in front of these Fox people so that they'll switch the name to Independence Day. Okay. And that's so they, they he did it. Wow. And he did it so iconically that they said, all right, we'll switch it to Independence Day. Well, that speech in the movie is, it, it, I still kind of get goosebumps when he does that whole thing, that whole speech. It's a great movie speech. It's real, really is. Yep. All right, there you go. That's movie news and rumors this week here on the Movie Zone. Hopefully, uh, in fact, I'm going to go watch Splash tonight. Why not? I haven't watched it in a long time. Back when Tom Hanks did comedy. Right. Started as, as a comedic right. actor. Right. Is a very underrated comedic actor because I would he's like, so great as a dramatic actor. I would like to see him do a comedy again. I wonder if he still has his chops. Well, he, the last one he did was technically Larry Crown, and it was terrible. I didn't see that as a comedy, though. I saw that as a drama more than anything. Really? Yeah. What about uh, The Terminal? Not a comedy. Yeah, it's supposed to be a it comedy. It has comedy in it. What about Castaway? <laughs> <laughs> 
total comedy. 100% comedy. Uh, I no. Love it. I love it. All right. Uh, coming up next, the most important movies you have ever seen at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot, at Zone Sports Net on the old Twitter. We'll get to your answers next here on the Movie Zone. Dark as shame, darling, dark as shame. Thank you for all the joy and pain. You're locked on to the movie zone on 97.5-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Was the place with me. Welcome back. Segment two of the movie zone this week. Austin Horton, Johnny Lightfoot with you now. Soundtrack of the week. You're hearing a song from the soundtrack of the week. But you don't know which movies could be many. It's attached to. It could be many. Been, I would venture a guess of at least fifty movies have had this song attached to it in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. And from the archives in segment three, you'll find out what movie this uh, soundtrack of the week is re- is represented by. That's a good teaser, Austin. Stay tuned to see how far back and what we talk about when we go uh, into the archives next segment. But right now, it's your time to be part of the movie zone. On Twitter, at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot, at Zone Sports Net. What are the most important movies you have ever seen? And obviously we wanted to talk about uh, influential movies, movies that have changed your mind or helped you help shape or form your opinions or beliefs or philosophies uh, because of what's taking place in our world right now. I think that uh, it would be uh, appropriate to talk about movies that you have found in importance in your life. Guthrie comes in with Basketball Diaries. Ooh. Now, I have never seen the entirety of Basketball Diaries. It's a good movie. It is a tough It is a tough movie. I saw that in the theaters when it first came out, and I kind of looked at it as more of like a Sundance movie. You know, kind of had that vibe to it, the kind of art film. All right. It's just, it's tough. It's tough. Sure, you bet it is. But I I would say it's important. Sure. Absolutely. Yes. Me too. Robert recommends Dead Poet Society as one of the most important movies he's ever seen. That was a great movie as well. That one I had a little hard time with. Why is that? I, I just, maybe it was the time when I saw it growing up. I just didn't, wasn't in that mood mm-hmm. of movies at that time in my yeah. life. You know, that kind of movies. I'd rather see the Spaceballs yeah, type right. of movies. But uh, I have seen it later in my life, and I, it, it is a great movie. Uh, it's, it's one of the reasons I could not watch the show House. Oh, really? Because the the guy, the straight-laced doctor in House, is the main kid in Dead Poets Society, and all I saw was the, the kid. kid from Dead Poets yeah. Society, 30 years older. That's all I could see. Ooh, that's but interesting. Anyway. That's interesting. Uh, Brett says, Passion of the Christ. Now, I've got Ooh. a story about Passion of the Christ. All right, I'm ready for it. And I replied on Twitter with this story. When I was on my mission in 2004, every house that we knocked on, we got... One of two questions. Okay. The first question was, or well, the first of two, I should say, was, have you seen The Passion yet? Because it had just come out that summer. Right. My companion at the time thought it was hilarious to say, no, but I guarantee the book is better. Here, and hand him a Bible. Wow. Just kind of had a little fun with Yeah. This. Okay. Right. All the right. other question we got was, are you voting for George W. Bush or John Kerry? Because that was the election at that time. Wow. So okay. forever in my mind, that That's movie and that election- are tied together. Sure. As a very annoying subject. All right, Braden comes in, and this is timely. He says, Roots. He saw Roots in seventh grade. Wow, okay. We're going back here. his eyes quite a bit. Okay. And then Schindler's List. 
that's that's probably the big number one right there. That's a very important movie. A lot of our answers. Travis says probably Schindler's List. Is yeah. Well. A lot of people said Schindler's List. Schindler's List, man. That's that's a tough 1993 movie, man, with uh, Liam Neeson before yeah. he had a special set of skills. And Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes. And uh, Kingsley. Sir Ben, ben Kingsley. Kingsley, yeah. Now, do you know Gordon Monson's story about the Schindler's List? Was he in it? No. Every year at Christmas... He and his family take turns picking a different movie to watch leading up to Christmas. Okay. And, and? one year he used one of his selections on Schindler's List. <laughs> really? Yes, like a five nice, days before Christmas. A nice light-hearted story for the family to watch and Schindler's the reason, List. The reason he said you can't really argue with what he was thinking too much. He said, yeah, I wanted to make sure all my kids saw that movie. Wow. But it's Christmas time, man. Well, you know, next Christmas, I'm going to put on the family favorite, Sophie's Choice. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and let's, I'll follow that up with Natural Born Killers. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's a great double feature, family friendly. And then Milk Money on Christmas Eve. <laughs> wow. Come on, the Mon- Gordon Monson. Well, you know. Kevin says Finding Forrester. Have you ever seen that movie with Sean Connery? I think yes. It may have been Sean Connery's final movie. Yes. It's, wow, that's bringing back some memories. It's been a while. It is a great movie. Yes, it is. Roger uh, comes in with, I think these are both religious uh, films. Roger Crook with To This End Was I Born and How Rare a Possession. Okay. Sam says Amistad and Dead Poet Society. I don't What's Amistad? I don't know. I don't know. Did he mean Amadeus? No. He probably, Amist, what's, let's see, Amistad. Amistad movie. Uh, 1997. Oh, well, the computer just froze. Amistad <laughs> movie. 1997 film starring the likes of uh, Jimin Hansu. Who? Anthony Hopkins. You know Jimin Hansu from uh, Blood Diamond. Yes. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, Matthew McConaughey, Morgan Freeman. Should Who? We call Edge of Four? Who? Who? <laughs> uh, oh, it's about a, so a small cast. A slave ship owner. Yeah. Setting sail from Cuba to America. This I've got to see this movie. This movie is I, the the ship is what brought it back to me. Anthony so. Hopkins plays John Quincy Adams. Yes. Yes. I, I, it's bringing back memories now. I did not see it, but I think this is one that we should be seeing. Ooh, looks really important. Uh, so good, good recommendation from Sam there. And then finally, Ryan says, Glory. Great movie and an important story. I watch it over and over again to remind myself what courage really looks like. That's really interesting. I want to throw one more. For me. I want to throw another movie in there. I want to throw in 2017's Wonder. Okay. Um, I think that's... Remind us what Wonder's about. Wonder is uh, it's based in New York or based on a New York best time seller book. It's about a family true story with a child who had facial deformities and basically they kept him homeschooled for many years but finally said you need to go to school. He fought that because of the ridicule, the bullying, mm. everything that would happen to him because of his facial deformities for being something different. And I think this is a good story especially for kids to see because it teaches you a really good story. It teaches you how not to treat people who may be different than you. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen it, but it I know worth, that uh, uh, our mutual friend Adrian Lizer highly recommends it. Very, very worth seeing. Directed by Stephen Chabowski, and of course it has uh, Owen Wilson, Julia Roberts in it. So there's a small cast right there. Cool. All right. Uh, I've got a list real quick here of 11 movies to watch that confront American racism. Let's do it. And I think it's uh, uh, timely and appropriate to share these. You know uh, uh, about the uh, the movie. Did, have you ever seen the movie Did You Wonder Who Fired the Gun? 
No. What's that? Tell me about uh, it. It's a, it began as a live documentary about a white, a white filmmaker's reckoning with his family's racist past. Uh, it's just, it's really great. You can see it on Amazon right now. Did you wonder who fired the gun? Okay. Do the Right Thing, 1989. Yeah. Spike Lee. Spike Lee. Uh, it is currently on iTunes, Amazon, YouTube, Google Play, and Voodoo. Get Out, 2017. Yeah. Jordan Peele. Uh, you catch it on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, and Voodoo right now. Hail County this morning, this evening. I don't, this is from 2018. Academy Award nominee, best documentary feature. Uh, I, I don't know anything. I had not heard of this movie. But Hail County this morning, this evening. Uh, it, it covers Ramel Ross's uh, situation. Uh, it carefully assembles hours of footage he shot while living in Hale County, Alabama, of water droplets on a baby's skin, of kids goofing off in a parking lot, of churchgoers singing in mass, old houses, insects, and more. Together, they act as brush strokes to create a portrait of a community, capturing way of life in a place burdened by, of course, history. That sounds interesting. So I'll have to check that one. Yeah. The Hate You Give in 2018. That's a great movie. Yep. Uh, I am not... Uh, oh, whoops. I lost for that. If, if, Be- if Beale Street could talk... Now this this just came out. This was like last year, wasn't 2018. it? Twenty eighteen. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Okay, so two years. Uh, and wasn't uh, it up for best picture? I think it may have been. Or, or so, it was up for some big award. I know that. Well, it's it's an ad, it's an adaptation of a novel. If Bill Street could talk, set in Harlem, the story story centers on a young black couple played by Stephen James and Kiki Lane who grew up together and fell in love, but then conflict takes over, not originating from inside the relationship, but pressing in from the outside world. Uh, and, and it's a really, really great movie. I would highly recommend it. Loving 2016, Joel Edgerton. It's about uh, the couple in Virginia who uh, a white man and a black woman, their fight to get married legally. Uh, okay. Before the Virginia was allowing that sure. sort of thing. Okay. It's, it's, they changed history. It's a great movie. Yes, they did. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, Selma 2014. Have you mm. seen Selma? I have not seen Selma. Johnny Lightfoot. I know. I'm missing out. I need to see it. I have a David list. David Oyelowo plays Martin Luther King Jr. Wow. Uh, it's incredible. It's about the marches in Selma and the, and how they changed the, that's a, the tides of history. That's a movie I'm going to watch tonight. It's powerful, powerful stuff. All right. Coming up next, we go back into the time machine mm. and we bring you a movie from the archives. Yes. Little known facts about... We'll tell you which movie next here on The Movie Zone. You're locked on to The Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Final segment here on The Movie Zone this week. Austin Horton, Johnny Lightfoot with you. And you're hearing it now, the soundtrack of the week from... Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah. Come on. Everyone knows this song, right? <laughs> so that's where we're going uh, into the archives this week. Little known facts or weird things about the making of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And Johnny, we're both big fans of John Hughes. I love John Hughes I movies. I somehow did not know this was a John Hughes movie. Well, it's funny. In a little bit, I'm going to mention a list of movies that you bet you didn't know John Hughes was involved in. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Bring it on. All right. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 1986, released June 11th. So this is like almost perfect timing. We're almost there. We're almost there, right? Yeah. Of course, Matthew Broderick as Ferris. Alan Ruck as Cameron. (laughs) Features Jeffrey Jones, Jennifer Grey. And there's even some special cameos in it. One by Charlie Sheen, the very end of the movie. And a very quick cameo. You have to look. If you blink, you miss it. It's Louis Anderson. 
He is with what? Remember the nurse who shows up the the oh, the, the singing yeah. telegram. Yeah, he is one of the characters there. He's got like a, a white hat on, almost looks like a milkman kind oh, of delivery yeah. guy. That's He's Louis, that's huh? Louis Anderson right there. Wow. And of course, it features Bob or Ben Stein. Yes. Now, do you Bueller. think Ben Stein's more uh, famous for Ferris Bueller's or the Dry Eye commercial? Red itchy dry eyes or Bueller? Probably Bueller. Probably dry eyes. Just cause maybe it, just because it reaches all. I know a lot of people. Uh, but a lot of people comment on the Bueller yes. part, right? Yes. Well, of course, as all John Hu movies, movies, most of these take place. I believe it is in Sherman. Is it Sherman? Yeah, Sherman, uh, Chicago. Yes, or, uh, Illinois, I should say. Yeah. But this movie um, was the tenth highest-grossing movie in 1986. Wow. And that's at a worldwide gross of 70 million. Nowhere near what we talked about just a few weeks ago, the number one grossing movie of Top Gun. So from one to seven, check this out. Let me, uh, let me find this exact thing. The top grossing movie did $356 million. Okay. The 10th highest grossing movie did $70 million. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's a big That's a big jump, jump between yeah. one and ten. So this script took only six days to write. That's it? That's it. Six days. See, John Hughes is known for that, though. Of course he is. He does these scripts very quickly. He was, John Hughes, the soundtrack, you know, of my childhood is kind of like John Hughes movies. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. All the stuff he did was just all about school and kind of rebelling a little bit, but not quite. But Ferris Bueller was just, let's be honest, when I was growing up and I saw how Ferris Bueller got out of school that day, (laughs) I'll tell you what, I contemplated licking my palms (laughs) to get that clammy feel so I didn't have to go to school that day. (laughs) I bet you a lot of kids did the same thing. But you know, there's always been a sequel about this movie. It's always been in the talks. Okay. It's either going to be Ferris Bueller's day off from college or from his job. But uh, Matthew Broderick felt that that story and that ship had sailed. Ferris Bueller was where it ended, and that's all it needed to be, and so he shot him down. Well, I like that it's. I like that there's not been a sequel, but it would still be one I'd watch. Of course. See him playing hooky from, his, from work. Wouldn't that be, be fun? Great. Yeah. Be wonderful. Uh, I, I've got a couple here right. as well. The, there's a reason behind the Detroit Red Wings jersey. Oh, okay. That Cameron wears because for the first 12 years of his life, John Hughes lived in Gross Point, Michigan, and loved the Detroit Red Wings. Now, do you know the, the significance behind the number? No. Which is number nine. Okay. Ferris had been absent from school nine times. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's why that number's there. So, check this out. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Um, people who turned down the role to play Ferris. Okay. Rob Lowe. All right. John Cusack. Jim Carrey. Johnny Depp. Robert Downey Jr. and Michael J. Fox were all, all considered down or? Were all considered okay. all to right. be part of the role. Okay. So a few of them did turn it down, but a few of them uh, were just considered. Well, Matt Anthony Michael Hall believes that John Hughes wanted him to play Ferris Bueller. Yes. Yes, he did. But he turned it down because yeah. he did not want to be too typecasted, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Now, uh, the role of... Uh, hold on, I backed it up here. Uh, Sloan. The girlfriend. Right. Was supposed to be Molly Ringwald. That's who John Hughes wanted. Okay. However... Oh, let me rephrase that. Sorry, that's not who John Hughes wanted. That's who was recommended to be in the John Hughes movie, which, of course, you know, John Hughes made the famous Brat Pack, mm-hmm. right? With all kind of use all the same actors. However, John Hughes said to Molly, you are too big for this role. Not, 
like as in, in popularity, as in you know who she was. She was just too famous for that role. Oh, the role wasn't big enough. For was not. Her, yes, correct. Talents. Yes. Well, that that'd be interesting because. The Breakfast Club's high school and Ferris Bueller's high school are allegedly the same high school. It's the same high school. But a few years apart. Yeah. And Molly Ringwald was in the Breakfast Club. She was, yes, and in Pretty in Pink. So she could not have been a contemporary of Ferris Bueller right. and in the Breakfast Club. It's, it's, it's a weird thing because it's like, do they all take place at the same time? You know? Because it's just oh, a few years be, apart. Yeah, yeah. They could all technically be in the school at the same time because you know the now, way it works. Whenever we on Utah Carsons do best movie cars, yeah, or best cars from the movies. Oh, you going with the, uh, the Ferrari? Ferrari always gets brought up. The, the 250 GT California Spider. It wasn't real. No, no, it wasn't real, Johnny. No, no. they had replicas. Replicas. Well, you know how much that car would have cost. Well, even though it was a replica, not a real car, one of the three replicas used in the movie sold in 2013 for almost a quarter of a million dollars. Wow. Ridiculous for a fake for just a big old model, a diecast model car. So here's an interesting part about the car, kind of portrays of the car. It was a alternate ending that obviously didn't make it, and I'm really glad it didn't. Okay. So there was a scene, or at least written in the script, that Cameron's dad came home, and when they confronted each other, oh, wow, Cameron's dad. I'm sorry, yeah, Cameron's dad picked up Cameron and threw him out the window, <laughs> killing him. Oh, well. Yeah. Now that's not funny. Yeah, hello. That would ruin the movie. Right? That's terrible. Talk about a dark ending to I Ferris was, Bueller's. I thought it was going to be like, that was Cameron's fear. No. You see it play out, no. and then it's just Cameron's No, his dad came that. and whoosh, no, right out the window. That's not. That's no. Not, I'm glad they didn't do that. So you know the Cubs game they went to? Yeah. That was an actual game. Okay. That was a real game. They were playing against the Atlanta Braves. It was uh, a game on June 5th in 1985, so a year before the movie came out, almost to today's day. Hmm. And uh, Atlanta Braves actually ended up winning that game 4-2 to two in 11 innings. Oh, wow. And 25,000 people were in attendance for that filming. <laughs> think about that. How do you think they did that mid-game? You, know? you uh, think John Hughes just sat there with a the camera? They do it in between innings. Hey, bada 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 so wing yeah, bada. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the, the the I do know this that the game they attended and the game on the TV screen are two different games. Yes, they are. Because the Expos are the one on the TV screen. Right. And the Braves, Braves. are the one in person, but their uniforms that year were similar enough that the that the continuity worked. All right, just a couple more things here. Um, okay. unfortunately, John Hughes did pass away in 2009. Okay. He uh, he died of a heart attack and yeah, he was 59, 59 years way old. Young. Way too young. Yeah. And this next list of movies that John Hughes was a part of, it's really sad that he left. Okay. Some of his movies that he was involved with, Mr. Mom. Makes sense. The Breakfast Club. Yep. 16 Candles. Uh-huh. Weird Science. Okay. Pretty in Pink. Yep. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Sure. The Great Outdoors. Yeah. Uncle Buck. Uh-huh. Christmas Vacation. What? Yeah. That was a Hughes? He was part of that as part of a writer on that. Oh, wow. Home Alone. Yeah. Curly Sue. Curly Sue? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's credited as a writer on that as well. Hmm. So all those movies are almost iconic in themselves. Yeah. Well, they are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So just think what we could have still had from John Hughes if he was still writing today or possibly even directing. Yep. He was such a good part of many people my age childhood. 
Mm. All those movies. The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club is a staple in my house. Okay. I love that movie. And the Home Alone was a staple in mine. Christmas Vacation's a staple every year. As is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Right. Mr. Maybe Mom. the only Thanksgiving movie worth talking about. You have a lot of Christmas movies, not a lot of not Thanksgiving, a lot of Thanksgiving. Dutch. Dutch. With uh, uh, the guy, uh, Bundy, the guy who played Bundy, Al Bundy. Um, Ed, O'Neill. Ed O'Neill's in that, Dutch. I've never seen Yeah, Dutch. it's another Thanksgiving movie. Huh, okay. um, Mr. Mom. I love Mr. Mom. Eh, 220, 221, whatever it takes, <laughs> whatever it right? Takes. <laughs> Michael Keaton as a comedian was hilarious, yep, man. It was yep, beautiful. Yep. So I really miss John Hughes. Like I said, he was kind of a soundtrack, movie soundtrack, movies, whatever you want to call it, to my childhood growing up. Yeah, sure. And I love all of the stuff he has done. They're all classic Doesn't movies. have a bad movie. No, not Doesn't really. Doesn't have one. Well, that was fun. I love Ferris Bueller, and I love John Hughes like you do, and I'm sure a lot of our audience feels the same. I hope so. If you, too soon. If you haven't seen any of those... Do yourself a favor and check a couple of them out. He's Johnny Lightfoot. I'm Austin Horton. Uh, We'll see you next week right here on the Movie Zone. Peace. (laughs) 